Welcome. Welcome to Modern Mind. To Modern Mind. Ancient book. Ancient book. Where we together explore one of the most important books in human history. Welcome to another Modern Mind ancient book. I want to congratulate you on making it through a whole subsection of the Bible. There are five books in the law, or the Torah, or the Pentateuch, penta meaning five. These record the formation of the ancient nation of Israel, starting with Abraham, who was called a Hebrew, who was brought down to Egypt through Joseph, at least his line, and then was brought out of Egypt by Moses. And under Moses, you see, basically, every book is about Moses' leadership from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy, Moses is giving his farewell speeches. I would highly advise that you take a read through these books. It'll be good. Maybe slightly complicated, um, but you will gain a lot of understanding, especially if you read it alongside some commentaries. I promise I will get into the details of these books at a later date, but we're moving on. We're moving on from the Torah, or the law, into the prophets, or Nebi'im. We are going to start with a subsection called the former prophets. The first one that we're going to discuss is Joshua and then Judges. There are two more books in this. There are four books total in the formal former prophets. It's Joshua, Judges, Samuel, Kings. Then you have the latter prophets, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, and the Twelve. And in that there are major prophets and minor prophets. There are also pre-exile, exile, and post-exile prophets. So there's a fair amount of detail. There's also a lot longer time spans. One of the most important things that we want to note about having gone through the Torah is that we've seen the formation of Israel from Abraham and his sons to Joseph, who was taken down to Egypt They were called the Hebrews because they were from the other side. Later, Moses rose up and uh, took them out. He took them into the desert, where everybody was given a new law in a new way, and they formed a theocracy with all of its underpinnings and all of its laws. It's all there. And then you get to the prophets, specifically the book of Joshua, Moses in Deuteronomy said his farewell speeches, and then he died. In Joshua, you will see the people take the land, and we're going to get there. I also want to congratulate you in now having been exposed to all three major portions of the Bible. In the law, which we just talked about, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, soon to be the prophets with the former prophet Joshua, and then also the writings or the poetic or wisdom writings with the book of Job. 
The book of Job was the first book that we looked at. And it's because it's so old, there is no surety of the date. We don't know who the title or we don't know who the author is. The uh, Greek Job or Job is where we get our word Job from. And it basically either means the persecuted one or the repentant one. It's the earliest at some, the, the assumption is, is that it was dated or it was, there was an oral tradition immediately following Job's recovery somewhere around 2000 BC. Genesis picks up somewhere around 1445 BC. That spans a total of 40 years until you get to Deuteronomy, which is where Moses says his farewell speeches. And then he dies and is um, gathered to his people. That's around 1406 BC. The people came out of Egypt. They were Hebrews. When they got into the desert, they started to take the name of Israel. Maybe they had taken it before then, but really they were still Hebrews because they were from the other side. Now it was Jacob who was named Israel. So you had Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob took the name of Israel because he wrestled with God and he overcame. You can read the story. It's actually one of my favorites. Then you had Jacob's son, who was Joseph, who was sold into slavery by his brothers because they were jealous. And he was brought down to Egypt. He worked in Potiphar's house for a while, and there were some problems there with Potiphar's wife. Uh, Joseph was put into prison for quite a long period of time. It's worth looking into the timelines. And then he was brought into Pharaoh's court where he was made number two. There was none higher than Joseph except for Pharaoh. Joseph saved Egypt from famine and drought by a vision that God had given him. So God was setting up in the land of Egypt an opportunity for the people to head down there so that Moses could come and save them. Now this is exactly what we see in the book of Job, where God allows suffering. In fact, he sanctions suffering. It's one of the things that he uses. It's a tool. In the book of Job, we saw Satan come before God's throne, and God basically give Job to Satan. Now, you could say that Israel, for sure, was given to the suffering. They were given to slavery. They were given to Egypt. They were given to Egypt so that they could be brought out. They were given so that they could be humbled. That's what the book records. They were also given so that they could go take the land and be fair rulers. It appears that there is a characteristic that God desires from his people according to this book, and that's that they are humble. That's that they understand that 
They are slaves, but not to the gods, as you find in Egyptian cosmologies or the way that people believed in the gods or the relationship of the gods to the people in ancient Egypt. They're not slaves to the gods. They're, they should be humble. They should be broken. They should realize that human power is not much power at all. In fact, they should realize that God's power is all of the power. That's what the many signs were. In the uh, through through the first five books of the Torah, there were many signs of a powerful, powerful God who saved the people. He saved them from their enemies. He told them a story um, about the creation. He told them how they were created. He told them they were special in His eyes, that they were like Him, which is quite interesting, especially in the context of the ancient worldview. And then on to their special task of taking the land and ruling and reigning as prophets, priests, and kings in the land, or from the land of Canaan, which was to be Israel. It's a very interesting reality that's being played out. A theocracy was formed. From the theocracy comes a monarchy. That's later. It was never intended to be a monarchy. It was always intended to be a theocracy. It was always intended for God to be the head and the people to follow and worship and offer sacrifices, etc. to that God who would display himself sovereign, king over all, and through his people and by his word, the very word that created man, the very word that calmed the sea, the very word that created the land and the plants, and the animals. And so, what we see in this story is actually a very, very miraculous um, creation story for the people of Israel. So, now, you have seen the law. You have seen, or are going to see, the prophets. And you have seen one book of the writings. These are the three <coughs> major breakdowns of the Bible. The Law, the Prophets, and the Writings. The Torah, the Nabaeen, and the Chitabim. So, thanks for coming along. It's really great that you've been able to get this far with me. Um, I hope that these prophetic writings basically were kind of prophetic historical is where we're going with Joshua and Judges. It's not as prophetic as when we get into kind of the latter prophets, or really even Samuel for that matter, because the formation of the nation is still taking place. There, There's so much more work to do that you don't see as much of the, you know, kind of woe to you type prophecy thing that people have become accustomed to when they think of prophets. But Joshua and Judges are very much prophets. Um, Samuel is littered in these books, well, in Joshua, or in uh, Judges, really. Samuel was one heck of a great read. So when we get to that, you know, it's kind of a pre-read. You could, you could get there and, and start reading through it. And uh, again, one of my favorites. I know I say this a lot, but these books really have a storehouse of information and experience for you if you will read them from this modern mind seeking to understand an ancient book. Because, see, you can 
read these writings, and then you can take from it with knowledge, with understanding. Now, it's not exactly easy to get, but it is possible. And that's why there are so many resources, and that's why I'm doing what I'm doing for you, for us, for me. I'm learning a lot as well. I'm revisiting old things. I'm thinking about things new again, and I am really enjoying myself. So I hope that you are too, and I hope that you find these books to be worthy of the modern mind. I hope you find these books to be worthy of thinking on, of of pondering, of looking deeper into. Now, whether or not you're religious, this is still true. These books are ancient treasure. The Bible has been around for a very, very long time. And it is sociologically, historiography, it's sociological, it's historiography. It is human treasure. When you read this, you're experiencing something that people genuinely experienced. It doesn't matter if you believe that there's a God. It doesn't matter if you believe every word that's written here, that it's the word of God. What matters is, is that you give yourself the opportunity to have this experience to understand these texts. It's important to challenge yourself to not forget the past, but to let our modern minds be saturated with what it is to be a human being. What it is to be a human being is found in this book. You have suffering and you have happiness. You have war and you have peace. You have belief and faith and you have the basics of science. There are some tests and things that people go through to be sure of what they believe. Now, perhaps it's a little antiquated by our own methods, but are our methods really that great? Time will tell. And as we've already seen with a great many things, say for instance cigarettes, we used to believe something that we do not believe today because we're constantly changing. Let's remember that these ancient texts have value and revisit them and take them into consideration. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Come back soon. Thank you for joining us for Modern Mind, Ancient Book. We hope that the time spent with us was valuable for you. It certainly was for us. Like Isabella said, please come back soon.